This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit allentempleamec.com slash donate. Thank you for listening. Our scripture that was read earlier came from Paul's second letter to Timothy. The fourth chapter in the reading was from the first through to the seventh verse. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. We have come to the end of another year, a year that has produced its own successes, its own challenges, its own surprises, and certainly its own disappointments. We were able to see in just this past year alone a former president being the first to ever face criminal charges, brutal wars involving the Ukraine and Israel, billionaires purchasing Supreme Court justices, the collapse of regional banks, the Baltimore Catholic Archdiocese filing for bankruptcy, COVID-19 no longer considered a global health crisis, wildfires like we see in Hawaii wiping out entire towns, the hottest summer ever recorded in history. And as of this message, over 630 mass shootings in the United States alone. As I mentioned each of these events, I could not tell one person in this church that was shocked about what happened in 2023. Every single event on that list should have been reason enough for us to feel horrified. Yet the 2023 list that I just read feels just as familiar as any other year. And I don't know if this next year is going to be any better or any worse. That's our world today. And sadly, we will be right here again on the edge of 2024, reading perhaps a similar list and wondering the same things as we anticipate the tragedies of 2025. For the truth is, with all the mass killings and the diseases and the wars, we have become so comfortable with bad news that we expect them. 
and living with the expectation of tragedies is now the new norm. Such are the times in which we live. Social media, in all of its forms, have become our digital therapist as we spend countless hours watching news and that entertain and amuse, not caring whether or not what we're seeing is true or false. The only important thing is that we have enough charges on our devices to get us to the next distraction. Such are the times in which we live. And because we seem to live in this constant state of anxiety and depression, people are more open to turning to anything that will give us some kind of a escape. And in this space, here now comes the church. Pastors and leaders in various pulpits are in such competition with the dominant culture that we have in many ways watered down our messages to try and attract audiences to what we believe are nothing more than concert halls and conference centers where pastors are skillful orators and motivational speakers talking about the latest trends and the fastest way to get yourselves the blessing you think you deserve. No one wants to hear that the wages of sin is death or that Christ died for those very sins or that your righteousness is as but filthy rags or that you are a wretched. Oh, no. Instead, what we people want to hear is how to live your best life, that this is your season and there is a blessing with your name on it and you can have it your way right away. Everyone wants to hear about the crown. No one wants to hear about the cross. Such are the times in which we live. That said, we've come to another end of another year. A year that has produced its own successes, its own challenges, its own surprises, and certainly its own disappointments. That I want to preach a watch night message tonight that I have titled quite simply, Signs of the Times signs of the times. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you now for the preaching hour. We thank you for this group of people that have assembled here on this watch night to hear a word from you. Nobody came to hear me. They came to hear you. So speak, Lord. Speak words of life and encouragement and hope, but also convict, rebuke, correct. Do whatever you need to do, Lord, for your people need you today. And they need you next year. Be that voice today, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So the other night, I was watching on Christian television a very famous and affluent preacher. If I said his name, you would know him right away. And he was talking about Joseph, the husband of Mary. Joseph, you know Joseph, the carpenter. And in this television program, the preacher went on to say that Joseph was not a carpenter the way we understand carpenters. He went on to say that Joseph was an artisan, that uh, uh, somewhat of an architect. And, and he could imagine the people walking around Palestine in those days looking at buildings and structures that Joseph designed 
and erected. This preacher, that's what he was saying. It, it, it's like he could imagine people walking in midtown Manhattan and marveling at the Empire State Building and saying, wow, look what Joseph built. Now, I'm not here to waste time being critical of someone who professes to have faith in Jesus Christ and is obviously doing what works for him. That's his business. But as people wrestle with the difficulties in their lives, and as people ponder the plight of this world, and as people struggle to make ends meet and suffer with the crisis of even their own faith journey, what I want you to know is that whether or not Joseph was a carpenter or an architect, or whether he was a tradesman or an artisan, who cares? Who cares? Likewise, who cares if Jesus was born on December 25th or April 25th? Who cares if Jesus was born in a manger or a stable? Who cares? Who cares if Jesus was black like me or brown like a Middle Easterner? Who cares? Who cares if Jesus had long hair or short hair? My point is, brothers and sisters, is we can spend so much time focusing on things that have absolutely nothing to do with faith or sin or salvation that we miss the things that are most essential to our faith in God. And by focus on, focusing on these non-essentials of the faith, we end up believing myths. There's a word called Docetism. If you've heard that word before, it means it is to claim that Jesus Christ did not have a real physical body. He's a, he's a, he's, he wasn't really real. Docetism. You can also fall into universalism. Universalism says that all people will eventually get saved. And then you've got Gnosticism. Gnosticism says salvation can be achieved through the mind. Through the mind, through your knowledge. And maybe even the worst of all, modernism, which claims that doctrines are subject to change and that doctrines ought to change depending on the time and the season and the location. Brothers and sisters, as the church, we have a responsibility to teach the unadulterated and uncompromising truth about Jesus Christ in accordance with what the scriptures say and the scriptures that we've been given. God has set up his agency of his word so that we might just believe. There is no other place on earth that we can go to get some information about the God that has the answer to your problems and mine. We can pretend it's not because the moment God decides to hold us accountable, that's the time we have no use for God. The Bible tells us that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servants of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And in these latter times, people are falling away and leaving the church because they are paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. For the truth of God is being corrupted by means of hypocrisy of liars who have seared consciences talking about everything else from architect Joseph 
to who should be president and to who went to P. Diddy's party. Things that have nothing to do with God and faith. Brothers and sisters, this is what the Apostle Paul is talking about, specifically in our text, when he says, For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Brothers and sisters, that time is now. Right now. You see, I'm talking about doctrine. But not just any doctrine. I'm talking about sound doctrine. Listen, you think if we want this church to be filled like this every single Sunday, all I have to come here and say, God gave me a word. He told me to tell you that this is your season. That if you put $100 in the pocket, but you got to do it with faith. And you're going to get yours at the end of the week, by the end of the week. And when you do it and it doesn't happen, what can I say to you? What do you think I would say to you? You didn't have enough faith. That's the game. No one wants to say it, but that's the game. But I want you to know that it's more important to me that your soul is secured in God's kingdom than how much you can line the church's pockets or even my own. Now the word translated doctrine means instruction, especially as it applies to how you live your life, how you're actually living. Doctrine drives that. In other words, doctrine is a kind of teaching that is imparted by some kind of authoritative source. It is information that you can trust because the source of that information is credible. Anyone can present any kind of doctrine. But unless the source of that doctrine is credible, it cannot be considered sound doctrine. Are you with me? Let me make it as plain as I can. And I like to contemporize. Is that a word? Contemporize my messages. Most, if not all of you, are seeing or hearing the rumors circulating around about Bishop T.D. Jakes. Whether they are true or not, I don't know. The rumors, however, seem to follow the same pattern that we saw with Bishop Eddie Long. But others as well. And by the way, we can put AME bishops, connectional officers and pastors, Roman Catholic cardinals, bishops and priests, as well as evangelicals and Southern Baptists, and just about everyone who claims to talk and represent the church. You can put them all in that category. But the issue is not whether or not these people have committed sinful acts that expose some form of hypocrisy. The issue is that they all fell victim to a church system that has been caught up in celebrity culture so that, so that when their alleged failings become public, they lose their witness as a credible source for the word of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's the risk. The word of God is still true, no matter who is saying it. But you have to understand that when the source is compromised, it does something to how you receive the message 
<laughs> listen, it's hard for, listen, it is hard for anyone to believe your word is true if they believe you are a hypocrite. That's the real problem. And if you listen to preachers talk more about themselves or spend time talking about other people or spend time defending their right to say that they never claim to be perfect, then you must question and test the spirit to which you are listening. If a preacher is talking more about everything else other than the fact that Jesus saves, then you need to be discerning. For John 12 says, this is a time for judgment of this world, and the prince of this world will be driven out, and when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me, not Reverend Marriott, not Bishop Jakes, not Billy Graham, fill in any preacher you like. None of us will draw people or grow the church. Only Jesus can do that. And there is no other name in heaven or on earth or even under the earth by which we must be saved. It is Jesus and Jesus alone. You can like the way I preach. You can like the way I talk. That's wonderful. But believe me, brothers and sisters, I cannot save your soul. And we spend a lot of time listening to people tell us about how you can do this and get that. Meanwhile, we're wondering, where is Jesus in this? It makes no difference if Joseph was an architect or a carpenter. It makes no difference if you go to a mega church or a storefront church. It makes no difference if you are black or white. Hello, Michael. It makes no difference if you are Jew or Gentile. And it makes no difference unless you repent. Sound doctrine. Sound doctrine is teaching that rightly explains what God has revealed to us in his word. And it is essential to the church and the Christian life because that's the means, the only means by which we grow and mature in the faith. Brothers and sisters, listen to me. What I'm telling you, I really believe. I'm not stuttering. I'm not making things up as I go along. I am telling you that but for this word, I wouldn't be standing here. Some of you can probably testify, and you've heard it, that you should have probably been dead a long time ago. But somehow, someway, God has his fingerprint on you, and he has a purpose for your life that I have no idea what it is, but what I can promise you is that as a pastor in this pulpit, I will help you find it. I will help you find the thing that God has in store for you. But if you believe that God's going to bless you because you're amazing, and you are. If you believe that God's going to bless you because you're fantastic, and you are. If God's going to bless you, you think God's going to bless you because you're handsome and you're cute, you are. But God's going to bless you so that the community can benefit. If the community ain't benefiting, what purpose does it serve? What good is giving me everything that I want? My point is simply this. What are we after? What are we really going after? Why are we coming to church Sunday after Sunday and trying to believe in a God that we can't see? What is all this about? My brothers and my sisters, I want to know the answer too. Sound doctrine 
makes clear that our faith is based on a specific message and that message is simply that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures and yet people have tried to make this book a lie and you still can't God's word is true this is the unambiguous good news and change that essential message and the basis of our faith shifts from Christ to something else our eternal destiny depends on whether or not we believe now listen I ain't telling you to start coming to church and turn churchy heaven knows people who are part of this ministry knows we are anything but churchy people we laugh we dance we sing we have fun but the only thing we tell you to do is what just believe God will do with you what he needs to do. God will make you into whatever he wants to make you. I don't get to tell you how you should live or how you should be. I only want to know if you have a crisis in your faith. When you get to the places in your lives where things are falling apart, do you know that you are not alone? Do you know that you can call on a God who with one word, one word, can change your entire life? One word can take you from the place of depression where there is no hope to the place where all of a sudden you can see and look to the hills from whence cometh your help. Your help comes from the Lord. There are things that God has done for me in my life that if I were to tell you, you wouldn't even believe. And it wouldn't even matter because the things that he has done for me in my life is so that I would believe. What has God done in your life so that you might believe? Because once he has done it, you know what he's going to do next? He's going to say, okay, now I've got your attention. Let me send you to a church. When you sit in that pulp pew, that preacher is going to say something. And when he says something because he don't know you, you're going to know that it's not him talking. How many of you, and don't raise your hand, just wink. How many of you have sat in churches, this church, and you felt like I was in your house? I hear that from almost everybody in the church. Guess what? Here's a secret. I'm not in your house. <laughs> I don't know, but God knows. God knows what you need when you need it. God knows your tears. He knows your fears. He knows your anxieties and he knows your pain. He knows when you cry. He knows when you're smiling. He knows when you need something just to get you to the next day. That's the God we serve. So as preachers, as preachers, we have to be careful about what we believe and present to the people as the truth. We have to be careful what we say to you and present as the truth. To, to constantly preach messages about material blessings and living a glorious life is a betrayal of the essential message that Jesus came to teach. In fact, according to German theologian Martin Luther, and some of you might have heard of him, this is what he says. Listen carefully to this quote. He says, the thirst for glory is not ended by satisfying it, but rather extinguishing it. 
Paul warns us in 1 Timothy 4 and 16. He says, watch our life and our doctrine closely to persevere in them because if we do, we will save, watch this, talking to preachers, both ourselves and get this, our hearers too. Sound doctrine is an extension of theology correlating what we think with how we act. And because our behavior is linked to what we believe, then it is by our fruits, the things that we produce, that people will know who we are. You can't say that I'm an apple tree and every season you're producing oranges. Because you may tell me that you're an apple tree. I know I'm stepping on toes now. What you think you are has to match <laughs> what you do. You can't tell me you are this when I can see that. So we've come to the end of another year. We see sin flourishing and abounding, causing more and more people to fall away from the church. People are falling away because they will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they have gathered around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They have turned their ears away from the truth and turned aside to myths. These are the signs of the times to which Paul refers. The signs of the times are here when we see people wanting the church to embrace a more inclusive environment, meaning, translating, meaning God on their terms. The sign of the times are here when we see people wanting the church to have a less restrictive environment, meaning wanting to be made comfortable. The signs of the times are here when we see people wanting the church <laughs> to have shorter services, meaning they have other priorities. The signs of the times are here when we see people wanting the church to be less judgmental and less hypocritical, meaning they want the church to be free of sinners. Finally, the signs of the times are here when we see people wanting the church to talk less about sin and to have more positive messages, meaning to not hold people accountable. This is what people with itching ears want from churches. And they will flock to any charismatic, motivational speaker who will tell them that they are good and that they are not so bad. That while the pressures of life are great, just hold on. Because God is a healing deliverer, and you are next in line to get your blessing. Amen. Brothers and sisters, anyone who tell you these things 
are not, and I'm saying it without apology, anyone who tell you these things, they are not of our father, but they are of their father, the devil, who is and always will be a liar. So, here's my New Year's message <laughs> to you in a nutshell. And I wasn't trying to scare you all and make you feel upset. I just want to be real with you in the new year. Because my hope is that when we enter into 2024, all of us, that we will not put up with foolishness. That we're going to say what is true and what is not. We're going to call a lie when we see it, and we're going to call, listen, we're going to call balls and strikes as we see them. Now, that's a bold statement to make. But, oh, I pray that God gives you the courage to be able to be strong. So here's my charge for the new year to you in a nutshell as I get ready to close. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, receive now this charge for 2024. Number one. Be prepared at any and all times to give an account for the hope that you have. If, if there is any part of you that is positive and hopeful, speak more on those things than on the things that bother and ail you. And agree with what God says. More positive God talk will attract the help you need. That's number one. Number two, be ready to correct, rebuke, and encourage any person that you are connected to and to do so with great patience and careful instruction. Speak, here it is, this is the best part. Speak about what you know to be true, not what you think you know. Number three, Keep your head in all situations. Don't get so caught up with things that have no value that in the long run don't even really matter. <laughs> Unless you can remember the license plate of the person that cut you off on the highway last year, who cares about the one that will cut you off tomorrow? Let them in. Just let them in. Who cares? I'm saying, I know somebody need to hear that. Number four, endure hardship. Life is difficult and life is challenging. But believe me when I tell you this, you can bear it. You can handle it. You, listen, with all the difficulties of life, you have what it takes to handle it. The way things are right now is not the way that things are always going to be. You have everything that you need to get through the tough times. And if, <laughs> and if it gets to be a little too tough, swallow your pride and ask for help. We don't ask for help because we are weak people. We ask for help because we want to remain strong. As the church, we will do the very best we can 
And at the very least, know this, as long as we are on this corner of Jackson and Franklin, in this town called Mount Vernon, you will never be alone, ever. Finally, number five, discharge all the duties of your ministry. Ministry means to serve. God gave you all some gifts, and, and, and he will give you some specific opportunities to use those gifts for his glory. Use your gifts to help strengthen your church and your community, and if possible, encourage someone else to use their gifts. Don't try to be someone else. It won't work. Trying to be someone else and pretend to be someone else, you know why it won't work? Because everyone that you're trying to impress will know that you're a fraud. Because you can spot a fake in a minute, even in the pulpit. For in the end, the people you're trying to impress or even to attract may not even care as they themselves worry about the people that they themselves are trying to impress and attract. Are you hearing me, church? So set the right expectations according to your own giftings and your own callings. And, and, and don't get ahead of God. If you don't know what God wants for your life and for you to do, there's a way you can find out. You want to hear the secret? Surround yourself with godly people. People who spend time with God knows a little bit more about the God you're trying to find out about. Otherwise, we wouldn't still be here. I'm just saying what I'm saying. Run your own race. And by the time we get to this point in 2024, on the edge of 2025, you'll be able to look back with all of us and say this. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died for our sins and rose again eternally triumphant over his enemies so that now there is no condemnation to those who just believe but only everlasting joy and his plan for us includes you and it includes me and so now that you know this sound doctrine, take leave of your itching ears and repent and believe in the gospel. For the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. May the Lord richly, richly bless you in 2024, so much so that you will look forward to 2025. Amen? Amen, amen and amen.